This is Jermaine Health, the centre to help you achieve in wellness in both your brain and body. We endeavour to encourage cross-communication between health professionals for your health and well-being. We'll bring you topics on functional neurological health, such as neuropsychology, neurobehaviour, neuromusculoskeletal, neurogastro, the embodied project, metabolism and microbiome, which are also some of the services that we provide. So today's episode is all about our recent trip to Warrnambool, where we held another Embodied Recovery introductory workshop. Well, that was a struggle saying. <laughs> I have our physio and my co-presenter with me today, Sarah Lai. Hello. Didn't even get a chance to say, say hello, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I expected that, so I kind of just jumped the gun. So guys, last weekend, I don't know if you saw whether it was on Instagram or on was Facebook. It? We've got our social media manager here. Did you post any? Was it on? It was. We were advertising on Instagram and Facebook. It was plastered all over it. They're just being mean to Lingy. Well, they are some photos. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Don't worry. Sarah's just being mean. It was all advertised. So if you would have, if you saw it, guys, that was what we went to. Sarah and I went to Warrnambool last weekend on the 4th to hold, on the 4th of August to hold another introductory workshop for our Embodied Recovery Program. Yep. Or workshop, I should say. We, this is the third one that we've held. So yes. Preston, Preston was first our first location. Yep. Both of us presenting together. Yep. Rabin was our other one. Yeah. And we had, yep, Sarah and I led this one this time around. So we went up to Warrnambool for the weekend. Quite a hike. So far. <laughs> the, the weather didn't the weather didn't help us either. It wasn't warm. Tell us about your, your sighting. <laughs> later. Okay, we'll Embod- embodied later. embodied recovery workshop first. Yeah. And then our fun at Warnable <laughs> second. Or at least my fun in Warnable. So the embodied recovery, what is it and why we've been trying to get it out into the world? Basically, we're just trying to educate and uh, I think we've touched on it time and time again throughout our podcast episodes that our lives, um, our daily lives is quite stressful. (laughs) Getting out of it is actually a very stressful thing for your body in terms of your physiological response um, and all that. So um, the embodied recovery is we're trying to uh, give you tools, uh, mostly through breathing practices Mm -hmm. and TRE, which we'll touch on. Basically, things to help you unwind and switch off so that you can actually get into the rest and recovery stage. So you wake up not exhausted, hopefully Mm -hmm. rejuvenated and refreshed. So it's part of our, the embodied recovery is part of our embodied project that we're developing as part of our new functional neurological health model as part with Jermaine House, not just the body part, but also the brain Brain. part of the clinic. So it's been uh, pretty much a 20 years worth of research and study to try and get to this place in the last 10 years that the girls have pretty much been working on to get us here. Um, so that's the that's the new model that we'll be working with and we're slowly rolling out. So it's more or less to move the patient from an injured state to a healthy state to then an optimal state. So most people want to just move from injured to healthy 
But ideally, everyone wants to be in the optimal position or we want you at the very least to be in healthy to optimal range. So that can mean different things for different people. For some, it might just mean being able to bend over, lean into the cot and pick up their babies pain-free or not fear of seizing up Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to um, elite athletes performing and excelling in their sports. Hitting PBs, etc. Yeah. And that's where we're heading currently with all of our new projects so the embodied project uh, we just mentioned the embodied recovery and we'll continue on with this but it also encompasses the embodied athlete which I know a fair few of you are already familiar with it because we've done a few webinars online um, which you've participated in or you've answered questions on our Instagram posts to do with our embodied athlete um, section of this mostly about um Getting your mind right. Mm-hmm. Your yep. mindset for training and for performance can also be for other things with regards to performance, but in this case it's predominantly for athletic purposes or training purposes, I yep. should say, rather than athletic. And then there's also the embodied fitness part of it, which is the other one that we'll be rolling out slowly, so slowly. like functional rehab. Yeah. Yeah, that bridge between being broken and then excelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the other two components in the embodied project scheme project. Stay tuned. Yes. <laughs> but back to our embodied recovery, recovery. workshop. <laughs> so as Sarah touched upon, we, we went through breathing. So we went through two types of breathing yeah. in the workshop. Actually, I lie. Two, two specific techniques for breathing and then an example of how we should be breathing versus how most people are not breathing. So as we know, breathing is important, but most of us are fairly shallow breathers and chest breathers. So it means we're not getting our full capacity both within our lungs itself. Um, The diaphragm, of course, is not being utilised, which means... Being seated all day does does affect that impact on that too, doesn't it? Of course it does because it puts you into a scrunched up position just allow the diaphragm to move no and it doesn't help if you're in a seated position the whole day and you're also a shallow breather chest breather that diaphragm's just getting more and more jammy more and more tight and it's just getting your rib cage is getting more and more locked down so every time then you try to move you're not going to get much movement. You're going to be trying to get movement through other areas. Say you're trying to do an overhead lift or something, you're going to be trying to do use your shoulders to get that because you're not going to get it through that front. So food for thought, if you think you've got poor, stiff thoracic mobility, try looking at your breathing. <laughs> yeah, try, try breathing through your diaphragm. Have a, look in your, have a look in the mirror and take a deep breath in. If your shoulders suddenly go to your ears, yeah, you're not breathing properly, so that's the breathing would be my first port of call to start getting you mobile through that thoracic rib cage area. I guess the, the easiest bang for the buck we can give you as a take home without doing absolutely anything, just breathe through your nose. Yeah, but people still breathe through their nose, but they'll breathe shallow, mm. and you just did exactly that. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> congested right now yeah i was looking at you i was thinking it i was doing it at the same time yep yep but it's a start it's a start well the first one the easiest one to pick up is having a look in the mirror when you take a deep breath in it'll give you an indicator of what you're doing if your shoulders suddenly go to your ears 
that means you're likely to be breathing up through your chest as a very shallow breather. So you're using your shoulder and neck muscles to breathe versus your diaphragm. That's why they're always tight. Yeah. <laughs> if you take a deep breath in and there's minimal movement, it's highly likely that most of the movement's coming through your tummy, around your belly diaphragm area, yep. And Lingy's doing little poses here of where you should be moving, where you should be breathing from versus where you shouldn't be. Just showing us. I wish we, we did it, a video. <laughs> we have our devil bond. <laughs> it would be a perfect example, and which is exactly what we had, believe it or not, at our Warnable workshop because somebody brought their little baby along. So we did have a perfect example of a diaphragmatic breather because babies and toddlers breathe through their diaphragm so they're still at a point where they, they're breathing naturally. They haven't lost that ability. To breathe properly so that's why you most often see uh, most often you always see them with a round tummy so it's not that they're suddenly that the baby's pudgy <laughs> it's not it's not it's not that they've got a little beer belly it means that they're breathing through their diaphragm <laughs> Lingy is just massaging her tummy trying to show it <laughs> so it's like she's she's indicating she's breathing through her she needs to. Lingy had a collapsed line. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we were using, believe it or not, we were actually using the baby as an example of how to breathe. It to was squat. it was very it was yeah. very handy. She was also a good example of how to squat and how learned patterns are the ones that can be changed and then how it can be altered, which was also a component of our workshop. I'm not gonna give you away our whole workshop, guys, because we're going to try be hosting more of them. So we can't give it all away. Um, I'm just giving you little random bits here and there. So, Jesus. Yep. So with with the squat that I just mentioned with the baby, it was about neuroplasticity that we were talking about. So how you can, can if you practice continuously. With attention. Yep. You can rebuild a new pathways or you can re, rebuild pathways that were previously poor to correct your movement, whether it's movement patterns, any actions, mindsets, you can rebuild it all. It just requires practice with intention. Like breathing practices. <laughs> yep, that's that, that's a good one. <laughs> so with the two, with the breathing that we talked about, so with the two methods that we were pretty much using at the workshop was the box breathing, yep. the four by four by four by four. And we were, yeah, it's four. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah just counted them out on her hand. The number of fours? Yep. So it was, it meant taking four breaths to breathe in, holding for four breaths, taking four counts to breathe out, and then relaxing for four. And then you cycle it through four times. And then the other one was the Wim Hof breathing, which I'm not going to go through because you guys have to come join us for one of our workshops in order for me to reveal the Wim Hof breathing, or you have to suss out Wim Hof yourself, also known as the Iceman, as in some some of his blogs the technique is actually written out. For the most part, he doesn't always share them, um, but some of the blogs occasionally do have his content written out. There's a Vice doco on him. Meh. Yeah. There's a fair few docos on him. And he takes someone through. The breathing, mm. yeah. It's an interesting one when you do one of his workshops. He has massive crowds. And you have to finish the workshop with a two-minute ice immersion. Yeah, you, you, you don't have to last the two minutes. Not everyone does. A lot of people will come out before the two minutes. But, yeah, he'll try to talk you through with the breathing and yeah. stuff, yeah. It's fun. 
It's a lot of fun and it's exhilarating yeah. once you've done. Once it's done, it's awesome. <laughs> um, as we mentioned in the workshop, the one thing with the Wim Hof breathing is that it can give you little tingles in other parts of the body or it can give you the sense of seeing different colours and lights, visual changes sort of thing. Of course, you've got your eyes closed in this when you're doing this particular technique. You can have them open with the box breathing, but with the Wim Hof one, it's more often done with uh, your eyes closed and you're lying down, which is the difference also between the two techniques. One, you can't do when you're, say, driving or anything. The other one, you can. So please don't (laughs) practice the Wim Hof method when you're driving. Not for lack of trying on my part. Well, please don't do it. And the reason for it, just for the colour changes and everything, I'll just give a little secret away. It's because there's a hyperventilating part component to it. So that's where some of these changes occur from. And we did actually have a couple in the group that had the tingling as well but also had the colour changes, yeah, Yeah. or the colours, sensations that they felt, yeah. We, we experienced both of them in the group. Well, the second component of the group, uh, the group, the workshop that we had is, as Sarah mentioned, was the TRE, yeah. which I know some of you are, again, familiar with. So the TRE is the tremor release exercise. So we did go through with the workshop, in the workshop, with all the leading exercises. Yeah. So there's a whole set of exercises, guys, um, for whoever's seen TRE or whoever's done TRE with me before practiced it. Apart from just the quick start, there is a whole set of other exercises associated with it. Sometimes showing all those exercises in the one hit is a bit too overwhelming. So we chop and change just to see how we deliver it. When it comes to the workshop, fair enough, we've got plenty of time and we specifically spend the time doing all the leading exercises before we do the proper quick start yep. or the butterfly, I should say, position. So we intentionally do that. Um, again, some of those exercises are what we call stretching exercises, which we clearly know what a stretch is. Some of those exercises are called loading or charging exercises. So it's to start fatiguing the muscles. So they start building a little bit of a tremor. So fatiguing is the same as charging? Yeah. Fati- fatiguing leads to the charge. Okay. So fatigue in the in the positions of the fatiguing ones, it's more or less where you're placing a physical load on the body in some way, shape or form, whether it's the wall sit position because you're loading the muscles or it's a to fatiguing point or the bridge position. Again, you're loading the muscles to fatiguing point. So there, there's a physical load there yeah. that's trying to provoke the tremors. Whereas when we're in the butterfly position and we're trying to take off, we're trying to take out the, the physical load on there. So the fatiguing part is out of it and we're trying to actually encourage the neurogenic. So where the body takes over and actually does its, its own tremoring. So the nervous system starts tremoring away itself. Yeah. That's the, the muscles can't hold on because they're tired. It's not that you, that's what I said, you're not trying to use the fatigue. So you're not trying to do the muscles to hold versus it's the body. It's trying to really, yeah, you're you're taking off that fatigue part from the body and you're now starting, the body's taking over by releasing whatever tremors it's got there, the tension that it's going there. So it's a nervous system's response. It's a reflex response to try and discharge energy that it's stored in there from whether it's been a previous trauma or whether it's just chronic stress in the most part and for the most part of what we do in the workshops we're aiming for chronic stress and that's the whole point of our embodied workshop embodied recovery workshop is to help us unwinding exercises to help the body 
just de-stress. So this is one of them. So Recover. Yep. So instead of instead of storing all your chronic stresses, it's to help discharge some of those tensions that we've held in the body, especially in those deep muscles. So that's that one. There will be a podcast or a podcast series to do with TRE as we progress along at some point in time as well. I know Shemaine's also touched base on it in one of the episodes. Don't ask me for what ep- – I've got both Sarah and Lee looking at me quizzically with a what episode would that be, but I myself am not sure what the title of that episode is, but I do know she has covered a little bit of – We would have mentioned it from time yeah, to time. Me- we've yeah, we've mentioned it, but I think Charmaine's done a little bit more, not entirely TRE-based, but a little bit more on the trauma aspect of things for, I think, one episode somewhere. So trauma, the body locks down. The body, no, the body's initial response for trauma, especially in something sudden, the body's initial response is to shake off that energy. So the body initially wants to discharge, but because of societal norms and the fact that well societal norms is one because you don't want to be standing around especially like yeah you don't want to be standing around shaking sitting around shaking wherever you don't want to be seen by that with by someone else or the other one is people somebody sees you shaking somebody tries to give you a hug so then they're not intentionally trying to block your discharge they're just trying to comfort you so unfortunately Mm -hmm. they're trying to they're trying to help but in in reality, they're actually hindering your your recovery process because your body is intentionally going. All right, I've just experienced I've just experienced this. I don't want this energy being stored. I don't need this energy being stored. I want to shake this off, get rid of it, so that next time if it experiences anything similar, the response to it's not going to be heightened. It's just going to be either the same or it's going to be less because it's previously experienced that knows how to deal with it and will deal with it as such. If it's not discharged, the next time you experienced it, you experience it, you'll be just like, all right, wait, I know this. I have a memory of this stored. I don't like this memory. This is very close to what I've experienced before. Uh Uh-oh, panic. This is an, it becomes a heightened response again. And if it happens again, that response is even higher. So it just becomes a vicious cycle of chronic stress being added upon chronic stress upon chronic stress. And your body's just there going, I'm just going to get tighter and tighter. I'm just going to overreact to things that I know I should not be overreacting to, but I don't know why I'm not, why I'm overreacting, but I'm going to do it anyway. So that's the point of TRE. So to actually try and get rid of that discharge rather than storing it. Yeah. Cool. Looking forward to the series. Yes, it should be a good one. And then we'll probably put some videos up. Yeah, we might be able to as well. We've done a few group sessions as well, so we'll be able to put use some footage from there as well. That's predominantly our full workshop. That's what we did with the workshop. Yes. We had, as I said, we had a little baby that helped us demonstrate certain things just because Sarah and I are animal lovers. There was also a dog there, just just, <laughs> just, as, just as a little side note there. So that made it all, all the more entertaining as well. I think the the results was instantaneous. Yeah. Everyone. Had something. Yeah, had something, got something out of it. More important, they actually looked really, really relaxed. Mm. Yeah. Um, so 
all in all, I said we did a good job. Yeah, yeah, it went well. <laughs> Can't complain. Don't forget to leave us a review on Google. Oh yeah, we'll email you again. Yes, we do need to because you left all the details. Yeah, I've, I've we've, we've got to do that one. Sorry, admin. <laughs> it's all good. Just going back before we finish up, guys, to what Sarah said and what I saw in uh, Warnable. Yeah, that was what I tried to share with the rest of the crew. I saw whale, or whales, or potential, or, or a whale. I'm going to say a whale. I don't think it was whales. Might have been over the course of the, or the couple of days, occasions. but it wasn't. It, it wasn't on. It wasn't. It's unlikely there was multiple whales on that one day. I did try to share. I, t- I took photos. Suppose, supposedly of the abyss um, but it was glaring on that day and I could not see anything on the actual screen so I was just literally taking photos of what I could see in the background and then I sent the photos and the videos to the girls before I actually checked them and got messages back from them all saying what do you see are you sure <laughs> so I had to go back and look at the video photos myself and go all right you're looking at this picture in smack bang here or in the video it's like sorry it was meant to be in the center (laughs) but somehow I managed to just capture it into the far left of the screen (laughs) and it was lucky for me that the whale was actually spouting out water because otherwise you would not have been able to see it it was on my phone you could still see it because you can see the black you can see the blackness of it coming out through the water so it's a little bit more clear but when I sent the video to the girls yeah, no, that part wasn't as clear. So it was the spouting of the water was the the, the, the telltale sign that I'd seen a whale. <laughs> so I could actually prove to them that I'd seen a whale and not just say it. Yeah, it's whale season. <laughs> so if anyone's heading up that way, stop yeah, I think by it's, I think it, Yeah, I think it's still yeah. September, I think it said, yeah. yeah. And don't forget to throw in a workout at CrossFit Warnable. Yeah. Yep, awesome yep. gym, great people. On Albert Street. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, if you like what we're presenting, please give us a thumbs up, a like, or share it with one other person who you think we may be able to help. For those of you who are coaches, dancers, or athletes and may find difficulty with expressing or executing movement patterns, please do connect with us on our website, which is www.germainhealth.com.au. It's J-U-R-M-A-I-N-E, health, H-E-A-L-T-H. Or please socialize with us on our Facebook page, which is Jermaine Health, and our Instagram, which is Jermaine Health Body. And of course, last but not least, since this podcast is made for you, our clients, patients, and fans, do let us know what else you might like to hear about. All right, guys, we'll finish up. See you. See you. Have a good Bye. Day.